of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I think we're in a couple dozen foreign countries, so when I say beyond the confines of the United States of America, I say welcome to all of you as well, because you know what? The world is watching. The world is watching the United States. The world is watching a made-for-TV drama, and it is unfolding, and it is cracking, (laughs) And the truth is coming out in more than just a drip, ladies and gentlemen. And we are delighted to be the voice of some of the the truth and the facts that you need to know. Um, If you're new, welcome. Make sure you get our app, Wendy Bell Radio Network. You can watch in the live video stream. We show you everything. All three hours. We invite you to join us on the podcast, Wendy Bell Radio. Lots to talk about today. We're going to talk with, I think, start off with something that's kind of in my heart. And it's triggered by an interview we had on yesterday's program. I'll explain. In the meantime, welcome home. I hope you like what you hear, that you like, you follow, you share, and you become part of our family. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Amen. I don't think you can really understand the devastation of being a scapegoat until you find yourself in that very role. When you find out that you are being blamed or you are the victim of something that's going on that really has nothing to do with you. But that gets you wrapped up in some kind of a nonsense that sucks a lot of the joy out of your life. We had one of these instances happen with one of our sons involved the Catholic Church and his Catholic grade school. And there is no ire like that, I believe, of a mom watching something wrong happen to one of her children. Dads, I love you to death, but moms, we don't fool around. And to watch the pain and the suffering that I didn't quite understand the gravity of. Because I was looking at it from my adult perspective. And I hadn't taken the time to imagine life in his shoes. 
what he went through at arguably one of the most difficult times in life, the beginnings of puberty. And I didn't realize it until I, I read The Sun's essay to get into college. He didn't share it with me. It was something I saw posted on his bulletin board. And as I started reading, I almost felt as though I was invading his privacy. And probably was. But he described a pain and a loneliness that took my breath away. And I felt very selfish for being as outraged as a mom as I was. And looking back, I probably should have gotten him into some kind of a therapy to talk about it. I can report that the scars are still there on him and on me and in our family, but that he has healed and is marching forward to do great things according to his destiny, nobody else's. And as a mom, I feel triumphant in that regard. It is that moment when you feel as though you are the scapegoat or you find somebody in your life is that you begin to see the depths of darkness, of insecurity, of some people out there that you just can't understand. The same way you couldn't understand cheating or lying or swindling or intentionally injuring people to get something of benefit for yourself. I could not do that. I could not live like that. That's not how I'm programmed. But the scapegoats out there, my friends, that I'm talking about today have suffered such a, a tremendous price. We were talking to Liz Collins. She is the independent journalist who has broken so many stories, so many truths that they didn't want you to know about the whole George Floyd situation, about Derek Chauvin, about the police, about the attorney general, about all of it. And when you listen to Liz and her story and you watch her documentary, The Fall of Minneapolis, you begin to realize how much Derek Chauvin was thrown away as the collateral damage of insanity because that's what they needed. A reason for people to be outraged to riot, to behave in ways that we don't behave as civilized people. And all the rules went out the door. And Derek Chauvin went to jail. Don't mind the fact that the autopsy shows that Derek Chauvin was not kneeling on George Floyd's neck. That George Floyd did not die from asphyxiation or strangulation. But it was instead his own bad decisions and his own bad health that made George Floyd a ticking time bomb. He became a martyr for a movement of madness. And Derek Chauvin was tossed aside where in the last several weeks he was attacked at prison. Ironically, nine days after Liz Collins' The Fall of Minneapolis went public. 
23 times Derek was stabbed. Can you imagine taking an object and thrusting it into somebody's body? Now, can you imagine that happening to you? Not once, not twice, 23 times. And the powers that be cared so little about Derek Chauvin, the scapegoat. They didn't even tell his family until after it was announced in the news. I'm also reminded today of Rudy Giuliani, who in 2001 was Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Rudy Giuliani, because he dared question what actually happened in 2020, and he did it publicly. Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, remember, for what he did in New York, cleaning up the streets, cracking down on crime, infiltrating the unions and the criminality there and the mob. He restored a sense of civility and safety to a city that is now swirling in a toilet bowl of filth. And he has been ordered to pay more than $100 million to people who claim that he did something that harmed them. What he did was stand up, speak out. And he pushed back against pack against the sock. Derek Chauvin did what he was trained to do. The move he made, putting his knee on the shoulder of George Floyd, was part of their training. It was in their manual in the Minneapolis Police Department. And strangely, the two pages describing that technique were deleted from the database. Every single police officer is trained to use it. And there's also more collateral damage there. The young black officer who was the first to encounter George Floyd the day that everything went to hell. Three days out of his training on the job. Set away for more than three years for doing what? What he was trained to do. When you get in the way of the machine. When you believe in justice and right and north. When you don't have a dollar figure, at which point you can be purchased because there is no price tag on your morality, you become public enemy number one. And it's only a matter of time if it's not stopped for the insanity to come knocking on your door. Recognizing it is our first order of business and recognize it you will in the stories we present to you today panic jack smith panicking what are you so afraid of ah the truth don't go anywhere interesting uh, ironic twist even liberals say donald trump is the only way for normalcy to return to these United States. Huh. That's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. 
Do you guys catch catch wind of this genius move, Jack Smith? You know, if you're going to go and you're going to point fingers and you're going to accuse the former president of the United States of being a criminal, of, of doing criminal things, you damn well better have ironclad evidence. They don't. And, and we're not surprised. However, that Jack Smith has filed a motion to prevent Donald Trump and Trump's defense team from presenting their own evidence from January 6th, using footage from the Capitol that day, using their own investigative evidence that they've gathered, that Jack Smith wants Donald Trump to be prevented from presenting January 6th evidence in his case about January 6th tells you everything you need to know. That is the degree of crazy we are talking about today. And so it does not surprise me, though I do find it intriguing, that I should stumble upon this today on townhall.com. Here's your headline. Even diehard liberals admit Trump is the country's only chance at returning to normalcy. Look, I don't believe everybody and his brother out there who got on the woke bandwagon, who believed Donald Trump was a terrible human being, and by golly, we needed to have some sanity and some civility back in the Oval Office. I get that not everybody's going to come out and say, ooh, uh, I, I blew that one. My bad. Sorry about that. <clears throat> right? I don't expect them to do that. But in polls, it's coming out. Uh-oh. We blew it. Yeah, you did. And we've got Oscar Blue, Wendy Bell Radio Network correspondent Oscar Blue, embedded in that caravan. That massive humanity, 7,000 strong, including more than 2,000 children, unaccompanied. You're going to hear what the consequences of listening to the propaganda, of believing a, a deceitful media. You're going to hear the results of that in True living color. Left-wing New York Times is admitting that former President Trump will bring normalcy back to the United States after President Joe Biden failed to, quote, put things back in order. Now, see, this is predicated on that there was disorder. The only disorder that there was during Trump's presidency was that caused by the left and the complicit suckwads on the right who didn't grow a pair at any point in their political careers to stand up and to push back. What wimp, wimpy, wimpy, limp-wristed people we have as Republicans representing our values. That's got to change. This country wasn't out of order. It was in order. And they needed disorder in order to change and destroy everything that we love. It was the plan. Pollster and New York Times columnist Kristen Soltis Anderson acknowledged that Trump's chances of taking back the White House in 2024 stand a strong possibility, please, as Americans become increasingly frustrated 
with Biden's lack of leadership. Lack of leadership. Dude is wheels up yesterday, hours from getting home from his most recent jaunt out of town to fly with the family to St. Croix. While we have an invasion at our southern border. You realize, of course, that not protecting us is treasonous. Off he goes. Quote, the 2024 election will not be fought along the conventional axis of left and right or even change and more of the same, Anderson wrote. Voters very much want change. They have made that clear with the absolutely abominable ratings they are giving our leadership in poll after poll. Say what it is, sister. Democrats suck. Sadly, Republicans are not much better. Anderson admitted Biden did not deliver his promises while campaigning against Trump in 2020. Wow. It's almost like, you know, you conspiracy theorists out there who join along me in talking the truth. It's almost like we predicted this. It's almost like this is what we said. If you fall for this, what happens to America is on your hands. Sadly, you bring us all down. All for one and one for all is how it will go. After three years of his reckless policies that caused soaring inflation, millions of illegal aliens to enter the U.S. and a botched Afghanistan withdrawal that left Americans dead. Voters are in desperate need of fresh blood in the White House. But instead of clamoring for someone to blow everything up, they are crying out for someone to put things back in order, she continued. Voters want this from Mr. Biden clearly. Feel. He did not deliver, which is why Mr. Trump currently leads by notable margins across most of the key swing states. She's got part of the equation right. But not all. Citing a recent New York Times Siena poll that found Trump is leading Biden five of six key swing states. Anderson admitted that enthusiasm voters once had for the president is quickly declining. Who did you know? Whoever was enthusiastic. How many Biden-Harris signs did you see in your yards, in your neighborhood? How many people beyond that? How many cars with bumper stickers? How many people wearing Biden-Harris ball caps or T-shirts? Where was the merchandise? This guy won by 81, had 81 million votes. And you want to say that voters have lost their enthusiasm. It didn't exist because he did not win. And everybody knows it. And there is no way you can call me a conspiracy theorist for saying that. Which is why Barack Obama is freaking out right now. Which is why Jack Smith is freaking out right now. We got to talk about this. This push to silence Trump and his defense. That's not, uh, that's not fair. It's not America and it won't stand. I've got the details next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You, know, you can't even make it up. You, you can't make it up anymore that, that we're living in this alternate reality where anything goes. Anything goes against the right. Anything goes against people who have traditional values. 
anything goes against anybody who dares to speak up or stand up and be that one person. And the left's moves against those of us who will not be muzzled, those of us who will not stop asking questions, those of us who long ago stopped believing the garbage that we were being fed, they can try as they might. But with every day that we continue to speak about these stories, more and more people are getting it. And that ripple of awakening is terrifying to anybody who wants you living in that trance. This Jack Smith guy, he, he first of all, just looks like a lunatic. C- can you imagine if your whole pol- like political career, like this Letitia James or, or Fannie Willis, or these people, I mean, and both black women, what a bad look. What a bad look to to elevate and to say, look at us. We have diversity. And for that diversity to be rotten gives everybody else out there who is not rotten, but might be black and or female, a bad name, a bad look, tarnishes them. This is what Clarence Thomas was talking about when he was anti-affirmative action. When everybody and his brother came out of the woodwork and called him an Uncle Tom. Is there anything in the world that is worse to be right now than black and conservative? Probably not. And yet our ranks are growing. But Jack Smith, the guy who's going against Donald Trump in the whole January 6th thing, This whole case is predicated on something stupid that is untrue. That Donald Trump caused a rebellion. A rebellion and an insurrection. If we are to go back to Civil War days where this came from, involves the intent to overthrow the government. And and what do people do when they want to overthrow the government? They probably would have weapons. They would probably get into the inner sanctum. And they would disrupt and install themselves in the position of government. Now, they tried desperately to make that happen. How many times did the mob of nine Capitol Police officers who escorted Jacob Chansley The QAnon shaman. How many doors did those police officers open up for Jacob Chansley? Nine? Ten? So that he could gain entrance into various areas where he could be photographed. Look, they could then say, an insurrection. We had to evacuate the members of the House and the Senate. Jack Smith knows the case is so feeble and stupid that now he's gone to the judge here. He wants to prevent the jury in this case, which he wants to quickly get on the, on the books before Super Tuesday. 
He needs this percolating in the headlines, right? This is one of the things they need to try to embarrass, imprison, convict, render ineligible Donald Trump, right? And now he wants the jury to be prevented from hearing evidence that Donald Trump and his defense team put together in his defense. Does anything about that sound like justice in the United States of America? Here's the story. Special counsel Jack Smith wants to prevent President Trump from blaming provocateurs and undercover agents for the January 6th Capitol riot. Why would that be? Jack Smith doesn't want the jurors in this case to know that in some accounts there were a couple hundred undercover agents, plainclothes officers embedded inside the Capitol before the doors were ever miraculously opened and the barriers were removed by Capitol Police officers? Why would you why would you want to prevent the jury from hearing that? Because it's contrary to the story of Donald Trump inciting anything. You know, we have an audio soundbite that Brock grabbed last week. And I want you, Brock, to find it. If you still have it in the system, you might not. This is the one that was taken down from ostensibly Twitter. And it was within the hours after the January 6th go now and peacefully and patriotically let your voices be heard. When he dispatched the million people at the ellipse, and many of them walked to the Capitol. Donald Trump put up a video that they took down. They being whomever the people who suck are before before Elon Musk bought Twitter. Scrubbed it. In this video, Trump says, do not do anything to damage property, Do not break the law. Do pay attention to law enforcement. You found it, Brock? All right. I want you to listen to this. This, I'm sure you have never heard because they don't want you to know that this is what Donald Trump said. Go. I know you heard. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election and everyone knows it especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. We can't play into the hands of these people. He knew. 
He knew. Donald Trump knew what was going on inside that Capitol. And I'm not talking about January 6th soon-to-be defendants walking through. He knew what was going on. He asked 25,000 National Guard troops denied. Steve Sund, head of Capitol Police, send in the National Guard, denied. Send in the National Guard, denied. What, a dozen times? And they want you to believe that it was an organic, far-right-fueled, MAGA-extremist attempted overthrow of our government. Really? Quote, through public statements, filings, and arguments and hearings before the court, the defense has attempted to inject into this case partisan political attacks and irrelevant and prejudicial issues that have no place in a jury trial. Jack Smith said in a 20-page filing, Partisan politics? You believe that withholding information about how many undercover agents were embedded with the people who unbeknown... And and by the way, how about the video of people outside on the steps? Fed, 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 the way they did the night before when Ray Epps was outside January 5th in the streets. We've got to storm the Capitol. Wait, what? Said people around him as the chants started. Fed, fed, fed. They're so bad at sucking, they chose a guy who's out of central casting as a fed. You'd think you'd at least get some guy with a beer belly and a big beard, right? Now that might be believable. He might just be some weird hick who likes guns, right? And freedom. Maybe he's a farmer too. We could really go after him. How dare this Jack Smith? They want to restrict a citizen of the United States of America who is entitled to the protections that we all are to be heard by a jury of their peers, not people who've been cherry-picked and bribed. All of that has been bastardized. Judges have been manipulated and co-opted. They are their own political activists. And these are the people specifically in the cities where these cases have been filed because it's all been scripted to prevent anybody from presenting evidence that could exonerate them, their own exculpatory defense materials. If they can do it to anybody, let alone a former president, imagine what's in store for the rest of us who refuse to go quietly. Quick timeout. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio Program, 
A study finds that just 3.4% of journalists are blank. What is it? And will you be surprised? I think you might be. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. All right, so the study finds that less than 4%, fewer than 4% of journalists are, what do you think? How about Republicans? I think that number's high. I think back to the days when I was a television news anchor and reporter. That part of my life ended in, I think, 2016. So a lot has happened since then, and those seven going on eight years now. But I remember nobody was supposed to know your politics, any kind of bias you had. It was strictly verboten in the newsroom for anybody to discuss political leanings one way or another. Certainly behind the scenes, unbeknownst to those of us who really weren't paying attention until we were forced to, the underbelly of liberal news and presentation was certainly evident. This, though, the study, a new study from Syracuse University's Newhouse School of Public Communication found that just 3.4% of American journalists are Republicans. The study is based on an online survey with 1,600 U.S. journalists conducted in early 2022. And it's the latest in a series of studies stretching back to 1971 that take the temperature of the fourth estate's partisan laws, or lean rather, job satisfaction and professional attitudes. When the first iteration of the study came out more than 50 years ago, Wow. 35.5% of respondents said they were Democrats. Again, these are journalists. 25.7% said they were Republicans. 32.5% said they were independents. The percentage that call themselves Democrats or independents have bounced around over the years, with the proportion of Democrats reaching a high of 44.1% in 1992. Republicans, on the other hand, have seen their ranks steadily Steadily decline, with the only exception being a 1.6% bump between 1992 and 2020. The last iteration of the study before this most recent one pegged the proportion of Republican journalists in America at 7.1%. Proportion of Democrats, 28.1%. Independents at 50.2%. I got to tell you, that's BS. Your, your mainstream media, these are not independents. These are not people who are standing on a tightrope. Who could go one way or another with how they cover things and who try to walk down the center line. That is not who these people are. And we're going to read a story about that coming up in just a minute. Because it's a headline. There's a meaty story. And then there's the take on the story. And you have to be able, and I know you do, when you read the coverage of some of these journalists, quote unquote journalists, and you're like, my goodness, it's all propaganda. There's nothing believable in the things that we're being told now. So in 2022, just 3.4% of journalists were Republicans. It was 18% in 2002, 25.5% in 1971. And as with most professions, Conservatives have been increasingly excluded 
were purged from the ranks of journalists. And if you wonder ever why the media is the way it is today, this is why. Look, you have to be very, you have to be very solid in your convictions to be that one in a newsroom. To be that one who goes against what everybody else is doing because you believe a certain thing. You feel a certain way and it's not negotiable. According to a Gallup poll from November, newsrooms are wildly out of step with the general public. No duh. Independents do make up the largest portion of the population at 40%, but the proportion, the same proportion of Americans, 29%, are Republicans as Democrats. Do you guys believe that? I don't know. Another Gallup poll from this fall found that while 58% of Democrats and 29% of independents have a great deal or fair amount of confidence in the media, just 11% of Republicans feel the same way. So what is it? What is it? And I will tell a personal story. I remember the day that I awakened and I began to see the ugly underbelly of the narrative in the newsroom I worked in. And I've told you how it happened. It was a um, midterm year. And there was a story that I was supposed to read that I knew darn well, the 23-year-old producer had not written. And so I went into the middle of one of the paragraphs And I copied and pasted part of a sentence and I put it in Google and I hit return and boom, it took me to the Associated Press. It was ripped word for word. And I went to the news director and I said, is this really what we're doing now? We're going to push out clearly biased left wing garbage. And I was told and I quote. Just shut up and read the prompter. Now, how many people who are conservative, who feel the way I do, the way you do, would be able to live in an environment as crushing, soul-crushing as that? No, we found other avenues. Look at Tucker Carlson. Look at Megyn Kelly. Look at Glenn Beck. Even look at, what's his face, Bill O'Reilly. Look at me. Look at James O'Keefe. All of these people are giving you alternate sources of information. And much like Bud Light, American consumers are choosing the flavor they like more. And we are growing. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell radio program, right around the corner, I want to talk about this, is the weakness of the Democrats coming from Joe Biden or is it something else? Devin Nunes with an inside the Beltway examination that is mind-blowing. Next on the Wendy Bell radio network. 